Hello and welcome to another unexciting episode of the Hashtag Pistons podcast. I am Joe, I am your host. You can read me at Hashtag Basketball, Piston Powered, Palace of Pistons, and of course my own site, truckthoughts.com. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Joe underscore truck. I'm joined today, as usual, by Kukahill. You can find him on Twitter at NBA. He is the site expert editor-in-chief at pistonpowered.com. Um, you can also, I don't know if you're going to write anything else or not, but technically you can find him also on my site. Um, so, obviously, first time in a while that we're recording. We pretty much took off for um, over the holidays and such, like a lot of people do. Um, but we are back. We're recording this the night of January 2nd. Um, so, right after the Pistons' victory over the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, the Pistons won 104 to 94. Noticeable stat lines are notable, I suppose, not just noticeable. Blake Griffin had 26 points, eight rebounds, seven assists. Reggie Jackson had 16 points. Um, Luke Kennard had 13 points off the bench for the Grizzlies. Jaron Jackson Jr. had 24 points and 10 rebounds. Um, Mark Gasol only had 11 points and Mike Conley had no points, which I think I saw is the first time since like 2015 that Mike Conley has not scored. Um, but yeah, good win, I think. Um, and we'll get into some of this a little bit more. So, um, before we'd started recording, Ku asked this question. We're just going to start off with this. Um, Ku asked me, Joe, how does it feel now that the SS Stanley Johnson has sunk, um, Stanley Johnson only played six minutes in this game. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say I don't think that that really means anything for now. He didn't play in the last game because he was hurt. I think he mostly just didn't play very much in this one because he's hurt. Um, He played, but I really think that's what it is. He did not play well in this game. Um, And obviously three points in six minutes, whatever. But he he didn't look very good. But I think it's just because he's hurt, so I'm not really... I mean, the SS Stanley Johnson is not in great shape. Like, that is the truth. But this game, that's not got me worried. But, Koo, if you want to say something about the state of the SS Stanley Johnson as the captain of the ship, you are allowed to address the rest of us. Um, You know, I said this. I was talking to Joe about this a couple of days ago. And I looked and uh, just, I don't know. It's just like the last month or like since like the beginning of December or something. Something happened. And he just hasn't like, like I'm. I obviously I love Stanley Johnson. I've loved watching him for like the past four years. Even when he struggles, I just love watching him. I've, I'm an extremely big fan of his. So it's not like that. I'm just saying he's playing bad. But like, just compare him just to any stretch of his career. Just not not, not just the good ones, the bad ones too. Just like the last month, it just hasn't looked. He just hasn't looked the same to me. He just looks like. Like he just doesn't look like the same person, even when he struggles. This, this isn't just him struggling. This is like, this is like either like either he's been hurt or he's just unhappy or he's doing. It's just I don't know what it is, but he just hasn't looked the same type of player that I've watched over the last four uh, four years. So, I mean, he he only played six minutes tonight, and yeah, he missed last night because he was hurt. May, probably had a lot to do with him being hurt tonight. Why he didn't play a lot, but he he has been like routinely like the for like the past couple of weeks, like the ninth, eighth guy off the bench, uh, uh, into the game, like the third, fourth person into the game off the bench. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I just, I've been watching him. I noticed this like a couple of weeks ago and I've been like trying to watch him on the bench. Cause you know, 
I'd be too interested in Stanley Jensen more than the Pistons sometimes. But so I'd just be watching him on the bench, and he don't be celebrating. He he doesn't be standing up like lately cheering anybody. He just looks like like just unhappy about something. Like I, that's just my read on it. Either this has been an injury that he's been like dealing with side on the side, or or he's just like unhappy. So I don't know what's going on, but I. I it's sad because the Stanley Johnson, the SS Stanley Johnson, was just moving so was moving so great on 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 the water. It was it was doing great, and then just something happened the past the past couple of weeks, and he just once again, it's not just that he's struggling; it's that I, I feel like he just doesn't look like the same person even when he struggled. He just looks just looks out like out of there. I mean, I'm not gonna play uh, body body language doctor. Um, I'm not a fan of doing that ever, but I mean, there is no denying he's definitely fallen in the rotation lately. There's no question about that. He has not played a lot, even when he has been healthy enough to play. Uh, and I mean, you know, I hate to say this, but there's a pretty large extent to where we're kind of in, we're kind of in the same spot with Stanley that we have been for the last, the previous two seasons, um, where it's kind of like you want, you can see something with him still, but it's like it just isn't clear where exactly he fits, right? Um, it's not exactly clear what his role is supposed to be. Um, where, I mean, obviously he plays defense, he still plays defense, although you actually said this to me the other day that you actually don't even think he's played that great on defense the past few weeks, which is one of the reasons why you're like, I feel like he's just not looking right. You look like you want to say yeah. something. Go ahead. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's one of the reasons too. Like not only is he not like playing defense, he's just not like, if you've watched Stanley, you just know, like on defense, he usually hustles hard. He's in people's face. He's real physical. He just, not only is it that he hasn't been doing any of that. And like almost all of his shots have, recently just come from three and it's like he's just forcing threes now they're shooting way too many of them he's just it's just he just doesn't look the same it's just off his defense hasn't been the same because even when he struggles usually he plays really good defense that's usually like that's just like the main thing that keeps him around and everyone just loves about him but like recently it's not even that anymore he just doesn't look the same yeah well um one thing that's definitely true the three-pointer thing so (laughs) so We've brought up um, Reggie Jackson's three-point attempt rate quite a bit and how he's hovered around like 46-47% the whole season. Do you know what Stanley Johnson, like the percentage of his field goal attempts that are from three right now? Uh, I can't wait to hear this one. 52%. Yeah, see, that's just insane. That is third highest on the team. Only Langston Galloway and Reggie Bullock take more of their shots from three-point range than Stanley Johnson does. Like, <laughs> that's absurd, man. A dude who is shooting, what's he shooting from three right now? 27%. Yeah. Sub-30%. And he's taking over half of his shots from deep. That's absurd. Like, there is no way around that. But... You know, so anyways, the larger point I was saying, like, obviously he plays defense, um, but it's just it's just not clear how exactly he fits and what exactly he should be doing. And, you know, 
I'm not trying to, I'm whatever Ku's going to frame it as that anyways. I'm not trying to do the toot my own horn thing, but it's kind of, it's the same. Well, it's the same kind of thing as before where it's like, you know, it may well be, I like Stanley Johnson. I want to believe that Stanley Johnson is going to become something still, but it may well be that it's not actually that Stan Van Gundy just didn't know how to use him or didn't instill enough confidence or whatever. It may well be that just no matter what you do with Stanley Johnson, he just doesn't hit enough shots. And, you know, that's uh, <laughs> that's not good, um, but it may be a reality. But, I mean, I'm not, I'm not jumping ship yet. Um, he's been hurt. Hopefully he gets healthy a little bit and sort of can work his That's way. That's another thing. The what's it called? Once again, I'm not trying to make excuses for him, but that's just another thing that's happened. That's happened throughout his career. I made like a little thread last year talking about this, but like almost it, it just feels like almost every time he has like such bad, like for that month coming, we were like, oh yeah, the SS Johnson's doing great, and I'm over here preaching about how he's hit the he's hit the corner. This has happened recent in previous years, and he just gets hurt. He gets hurt, and then when he comes back, he just takes like he just struggles for like the next however long. So now, once he, I'm not making excuses, he has to play. He can't get hurt. He can't. Get, he can't like struggle after the injury. I'm not even saying that that's the reason why the stretch stops, but it just. I mean, it happens. I made a thread about it last year. You guys are going to check it out. But it just happens every time he starts to do well, he gets hurt, and then he just struggles when he comes back. Now, like I, again, I'm not making excuses. It just happens, and. Another thing I just want to point out, um, Stanley Johnson's, uh, I'm not sure about if this is even, this probably isn't even that good. Joe would know more than me, but either way, he's shooting his best percentage from the two, like from uh, inside the three-point line. He's shooting his best percentage in his whole career at 51%. That's probably not very good anyways, but it's about, it's about um, not 8% better than he ever has in his career. And the fact that he's like, but only he's shooting more threes than he is like driving to the rim. And and it's by like a like a large margin. He should not be taking. I, I don't care what anybody says to me. Stanley Johnson should not be taking four and a half threes a game. It just shouldn't be happening. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what era we're in, what offense he's in. He just shouldn't be taking that many threes. And like I I came to the, I've came to the conclusion that I think that he's going to have to be either one traded or we just won't be able to resign him because. I, me and Joe have talked about this all the time, and we've tried. We've said that we're going to be talking about this month, next month, next year, two years from now. It doesn't matter. But Dwayne Casey's office is so horrible and just so so stagnant that I that I understand that I'm a Stanley Johnson stand, but I, I don't care what anybody says. I'm attributing some of that to this because this is his offense is just so god awful. It's just everyone stands around. It's just terrible. It's it's just so bad. So I don't see this getting better with Stanley. I I also agree with Joe. I don't think he fits here. I felt like this for like the past couple of years that he just doesn't fit very much, and I've wanted him, I've, I've I've wanted him to be like something different or have the ball in his hands more or whatever. I just don't think he fits. And it's been four years; he doesn't fit. Let him go somewhere else. Because if, if it wasn't gonna, if I believed it wasn't gonna work with Stan Van Gundy, I definitely and and <laughs> I definitely don't think that Dwayne Casey is gonna make it work after what I've seen from this his little offensive system over the first like three months of the season, four months of the season. I mean, hmm. I mean, it's just it's a really tough situation because 
You know, Let me just say he doesn't make enough shots because I know Joe's going to hit that. I understand. He, he struggles offensively. He can't hit enough shots. I understand. So go ahead, Joe. Well, here's the other thing, okay, is that and one of the things that makes Stanley Johnson a little bit frustrating and one of the reasons why it's a little bit like I don't know, you know, why it's like what is his fit is that it's not just that he misses shots, right, is that it's like so if you think about Bruce Brown, for instance, okay, one of Bruce Brown's strongest assets, in fact, I would say other than like his just overwhelming athleticism and ferociousness to use it on the defensive end, um, which even though it's wild, he fouls too much, he gets out of position quite a bit, like he obviously brings something on defense. But other than that, his best asset is the fact that he always goes full speed, he's always going fast on the offensive end, like he's constantly moving. No one guards him even a little bit, but he's just such an active cutter that he can make it work a little bit. Like, he's just always going full speed. And um, it actually made Zach Lowe's 10 Things I Like and Don't Like is the fact that Bruce Brown, he never waits. He's always making fast decisions. And Zach Lowe brought up a good point with that, which is that, you know, these are good things to see because it's important to remember that. Almost all NBA players were jab-stepping superstars at some point of their basketball lives, right? And it's kind of funny, the idea that I wonder if the way for Stanley Johnson to actually become, like, a really good player would be for him to play as though he's not actually a really good player, you know? Like... Play like your Bruce Brown, where it's like, look, I'm not good enough to do this. I'm on, the only way that this is going to work for me is if I just outwork everybody, out hustle everybody. I'm just going to go full speed, and you know, it's sort of his tendency to want to slow the game down and kind of, and it's especially frustrating because we know Stanley Johnson is not some low IQ basketball player, right? Like he's a smart passer. He's capable of making the quick decisions. Um, you know, and we've seen that time and time again. You know, that's been there since his rookie season. That was one of the things I liked the most about him from the start is that he's a guy who, despite being such a big, strong wing player, he's clearly got a pretty good mind for the game. But he just he doesn't seem to want to make those just constant aggression sort of moves, if that makes sense. And that's one of the reasons why it's not an easy fit. So... I don't. I'm not ready to trade him. Um, he definitely. I and it's. It's. I'm kind of on the same spot where I've. We've been with him, where, you know, if the Pistons decide that they have to make a trade, um, he's definitely one of the guys that has a good chance of being moved, just because the Pistons only have so many guys that have any trade value at all, and he wouldn't have a lot of trade value, but he'd at least have some. So he'd definitely be an option. Uh, but I think the main thing is that, you know, as long as he gets back healthy and such and he gets back to playing defense the way that we know that he can, which I think he will, um, he has a role on this team where even if he continues to be, if, even if just forever he's going to be a total zero on defense or on offense, like especially the way the roster is currently constructed, they need a dude on their team who can go out and play defense on the wing like he can. So, you know, even if that is his destiny to just sort of be a defensive specialist off the bench, 
I mean, that's something that the Pistons need. So I'm not ready to trade him. I'm not ready to just say, I just let him walk in the offseason. But um, it's definitely not good that uh, he's fallen in the rotation like he has. So I'll be interested to see how things go over the coming weeks because, you know, once again, obviously he's been hurt. So we'll see what happens from here, but something to keep an eye on. So we're going to transition into something else here a second, okay? Because you brought up Dwayne Casey's terrible offense. I'm actually going to take this a different direction, all right? Because we've... No. No, so we've done... I tweeted this out just a little bit ago, but because of the fact that we've done a lot of bashing of Dwayne Casey on this show. In particular, I have done a lot of bashing of Dwayne Casey on this show. And I don't take any of that back. I still firmly believe all of that. But this game tonight against the Grizzlies is a good example of the benefit that Dwayne Casey brings to the table as a coach. Is that so the the main thing that he brings, right, is just the sort of ability to be, you know, it's cliche, but the proverbial leader of men, right? Just sort of getting guys to buy in, getting guys to play hard, getting guys to do their jobs, etc., right? And this game against Memphis is exactly the sort of game that most teams blow. It's the second night of a back-to-back. Everyone's disappointed. It's against a really tough Memphis team that, you know, I mean, this Memphis is one of the most try-hard, annoying teams to play in the entire league, right? Like, that's what they are. If there is one game where it'd be like, you know what, this is a game that if they just kind of don't show up, I kind of get it. This is it, right? Second night of a back-to-back, on the road, disappointing road trip, playing against an annoying, tough, and also, most importantly, pretty good Grizzlies team. And they showed up, they played their tails off, they played the right way, Um, and, and really, everybody played the right way, right? Like... For them, pretty much the entire game, no, it's not like you know Reggie Jackson or Blake Griffin started trying to force things way too much. Um, Andre Drummond didn't do any sulking. Like there were none of those sorts of issues. They just went out and they dug in and they fought the whole game and they came out with a win. And so it's important to remember, um, and I think in particular for people like us to remember that you know even when we're very frustrated about many of the tactical decisions that Dwayne Casey makes. And we can still be frustrated about those. Those are still bad things, and it's a huge issue for this team. I do believe that. But it's important to remember that there is some benefit to him being the coach, and it's things like this where, you know, it's <laughs> it's just after New Year, second night of a back-to-back on the road in Memphis, and the Pistons showed up and played a really good game and won. And that's the sort of thing that Dwayne Casey brings. So, yeah, I just, just so that, just as a sort of, we're being fair here. Neither of us are particularly fond of Dwayne Casey. Everything bad that we've said about him still stands. But let's just be honest about this as like, this is an example of the good that Dwayne Casey can bring. Are you trying to say something there? Okay, go ahead. Yeah, um... Um, Joe can say all this all he wants. I don't care. I just don't <laughs> care. I don't. I, I told him during the game. There's. I, I did. He asked me if I wanted a podcast, and I said it's rough. I just. I just. I don't know if I can. Because I don't care what Joe says about this whole leader of men BS or this whole people like me or whatever. I don't care. 
this this dude's offense is awful. I, I felt like I felt like I was watching paint dry. It was it's awful. I'd rather I'd rather stare directly at the sun for a good twelve minutes of there's a whole for, take the whole first quarter. I'd rather just sit there and watch just look straight into the sun and just and that's it. That's that's <laughs> that that's how bad it is. This dude's offense. I I I don't care what anybody says. Joe mentioned it like a couple of podcasts ago. You know, we're we're not supposed to be coaches. We're just people watching the game. I don't care. I feel like I could drop a better offense than this. This is awful. Everyone just stands around. It literally pretty much is just give the ball to Blake. This is this is the pretty this this is the funny thing about it. this is what makes me laugh the most when I watch. This is if I get any kind of enjoyment from watching the Pistons recently, it's this right here. This is the enjoyment I get. He try Dwayne Casey tries to put this little every now and then. Like at the beginning of possession, he'll give it to Blake. Blake will do one dribble handoff, and that's our and that's our motion for the offense. <laughs> that's that's our, that's our that that's it. That's our way of saying we have offensive structure. We do a, we do a dribble handoff every now and then where Blake when we come down the floor, and then it immediately turns into there's there's only one or two counters off of that. Either the person takes it off the dribble handoff and then gives it right back to Blake in the post. Or Blake just dribbles through it and then posts up himself, <laughs> and and then that's the offense. This offense is god awful. This is why I'm saying that even though Stanley Johnson's struggling, I don't care. I just don't see how you can ever get it together in this offense. I don't see how anybody can get it together in this offense. This offense is god awful. I don't care what Joe says about leader of men. He gets people to play hard for him. Well, if you're playing hard doing the wrong thing, it doesn't matter because our offense is is atrocious. And and by the way, I'm taking a shot at somebody here. That little Cranjus guy for the Lakers that wants to sit there and tweet, well, if you want to look at somebody's offensive system and someone who's offensive creative, go ahead and check out Dwayne Casey. You're an idiot. No, do not look at Dwayne Casey. No, do not. Just don't do it. If, if you like the game of basketball and you love watching basketball, do not watch the Detroit Pistons because Dwayne Casey will have you feeling like just jumping off your house. There you go. Joe, you can go. <laughs> I was not expecting that. That was totally off the cuff by Kuki. No, it's not off nothing. It's just <laughs> I, no. We we I've tried to get, tried to get the calm one to Joe's to Joe's bashing of Dwayne Casey recently. I, I jumped on Joe's bandwagon with the bashing of Dwayne Casey, but I tried to do it calmly. No, I was watching this game today, and I felt like I, I wanted to go to sleep. I just I couldn't do it. Dwayne Casey's offense is atrocious. You could have Michael Jordan and LeBron James. I'm not sure they would make this offense look pretty. This offense is terrible. I don't know how the – if this is true, what Joe has been saying about this is a problem with the Raptors the past few years or his whole career there, I don't know how the hell they won 50-some games or finished first in, the, first in the East ever because this offense is just – it's awful. We made the wrong hire. Good job, Tom Gores. I'm ready to call it the wrong hire four months in, three months in. I'm ready to call it the wrong hire. It doesn't matter what kind of players you put around Blake Griffin. Nobody's going to be successful just standing around watching Blake post up 18 feet from the basket and have to. Blake Griffin, if you want to talk about Blake Griffin's decline coming, Blake Griffin's decline is going to start next year with how much how much he had. Not only is he, it's, it almost feels like Blake Griffin's the one creating the offense. He just He's the one with creating the offensive system. He's the one creating the whole offense. He's playing point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward. It's awful. Dwayne Casey's going to destroy Blake Griffin. I don't know how Blake's held it up this far. I, he's going to destroy Blake. And and along with him destroying Blake, he's making everybody else on the team look like they're trash. 
everybody else on the team, if they're, if, how about this? If everybody else on the team is trash, he's making them look like even more trash. He's, <laughs> he's making them worse than they even are. Stanley Johnson, he's making them look worse. Luke Kennard looks worse than he and than he really is. Reggie Bullock, he looks worse. All of them. Andre Drummond, he looks worse than he really is. I don't care if I don't care if you guys. Andre Drummond's having a good season. Be Casey. It's just it's awful. I don't know if Joe has it has it together right now, but it's what it is. I had to say it. I can't do it. Well, you know, it's kind of funny because I kind of had the same thing happen when I went on um, the Detroit Bad Boys podcast with Laz a few weeks ago, because you know they're they're very they're very professional and put together podcasts there, and so they are very politically correct about because um, we were talking about specifically Reggie Jackson, right? And they're being very yeah. politically correct about like you know. You could definitely, you know, they should probably be doing some more pick and rolls or maybe not using him in the best way and such. And then there was a section at the end of the podcast where they where they they call just the open floor where they just let you say whatever. I was like, okay, let's go back to this. Okay, let's cut out all the politically correct bull stuff. Right. This isn't just, oh, they're not using him optimally. They're being stupid. And I went on a rant about it's just like, no, you don't. We don't need to sugarcoat this. They're being dumb. This isn't complex, right? And I mean, you know. <laughs> no, I mean, no. And another thing that's just awful about tonight, if you watched it, Reggie Jackson. Now, we I've said this to Joe, and me and and, and Joe's already said this before. I'm in the I'm in the camp that I'm not sure even if Reggie Jackson is good enough anymore to warrant if he would even do good like good enough for the Pistons in a more like in a pick and roll standard. But if you just watch the game tonight. I feel bad for Reggie Jackson now. I, I honestly, me, Kuka Hill feels bad for Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson, if I've watched Reggie Jackson win the Pistons ever since he got here, I have never seen him have to create so much for himself just to be able to do something. This is, it's awful. Nobody, if he does the pick and roll, guess who he's doing the pick with? Blake Griffin. You know why he's doing it with Blake Griffin? Because Dwayne Casey just wants to get the mismatch for Blake. So guess what that causes? No pick and roll, no driving by Reggie. So that causes Reggie literally just to go off the screen, do the little hesitation back. He gets forced into an ISO almost every possession. So if he doesn't give it to Blake, it's like, oh, here you go, Reggie, go be AI and, and to go ISO for a minute, which he just can't do. And then he and people are like, oh, well, Reggie, why aren't you doing anything? Well, well, he's just being forced to do stuff that's just stupid. He just... If, I haven't been the biggest Reggie Jackson fan ever, but I honestly feel bad for this man for what he has to do on a game-by-game game basis. Not only is he having to shoot 20,000 threes a game when he can, he, he's not that good of a three-point shooter, he's being forced into playing isolation all the other times. I believe we had one pick-and-roll tonight. I counted. I believe I, I counted one pick-and-roll with Andre Drummond. I believe it turned into a basket, too. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Actually, no, that's not all I'm going to say. Reggie Jackson... Reggie Jackson should, <laughs> Reggie Jackson should be like. There's no way. I don't care how much you like Dwayne Casey. I don't care why you like Dwayne Casey. If you're a player under this system, you have to be on the court just wondering what the hell's going on here. What what? Because there's multiple times where I feel like I just watch the Piston players just standing and they're like wondering, like for I'm not kidding. I think they're just standing there wondering, well, what do I do next? Because no one knows what they're doing. No one knows. It's just Blake posting up and everyone just stands around like, okay, well I'm gonna stand right here. I'm just gonna wait. That's all that happens. Oh, and all you out there drumming, all you out there drumming haters who, oh, he's doing terrible from the field. He's missing so many shots. 
Well, guess who? Guess who's just not getting no passes at the rim? You want to white click Capella, DeAndre Jordan, all these centers that you guys like to sit there and say, "Well, look at them. They know they they know they should just be getting lobs. They know they should just be dunking." Well, guess who gets to have lobs and and just easy passes at the rim? Dump they do. Andre Drummond has to literally. Do you want Andre Drummond creating for yourself? Like pick. <laughs> Pick anybody off the street. <laughs> I'm being so serious. I don't care. I'm being so serious. I'm sick of it. If you pick anybody that just watches the Pistons, just not not professionally, just watches them. Do you want do you want Andre Drummond creating for himself? Do you want him posting up? Do you want him dribbling the ball, trying to get to the rim himself, doing all this himself? No, nobody does. But guess who apparently does? Dwayne Casey. That's the only way Andre Drummond does anything. In years past, the reason why Andre Drummond's field goal percentage was higher was because he got lobs from Reggie Jackson, and he was able to get easier baskets. Everything he's doing right now feels like he's just trying to fit through a two-inch hole. That's what he's it, – it, it's terrible. This is god-awful. So for all you Andre Drummond haters out there, make sure if you guys want to sit there and critique Andre, make sure you give him credit for just putting up with Dwayne Casey on a night-in, night-out basis. I'm dead. And the Pistons may not have a good team around Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond. They may not. I'm not saying they have a great team, but they aren't this damn bad. If they're literally this bad just because of Dwayne Casey. Literally. I don't care. You can, and you can have whoever you want on this show. You can get Martin. You can get Sham. You can get, you can get Lass. Get anybody you want on this show. I'll tell them straight to their face. The Pistons are strictly this bad. They're 17 and 19 instead of 20 and 17 or 21 and 16, strictly because of one man. That man, that man's name is Dwayne Casey. The Pistons are awful because of Dwayne Casey. Yes, it's it's terrible. This team is not that bad. Luke Kennard, Luke Kennard. I just I told Joe this earlier. Langston Galloway has gotten more minutes than Luke Kennard all season. Someone explain to me. It's we're in January now. It is the new year. Can someone please explain to me why why this is still happening? I don't think it happened tonight, but it's happened. Every other night. So someone just explain. Luke Kennard got benched. Okay, I don't care how good Bruce Brown's playing. You need we, – we are like almost last in three-point shooting, so you take out our best three-point shooter and put in someone who can't shoot? Just what? And, and you know what? Maybe, maybe, maybe this is why Dwayne Casey started Bruce Brown instead because Bruce Brown knows how to create an offensive system himself. He goes out there, well, I'm not just going to stand around. I'll, go and, I'll go, go and cut to the rim. I know we don't have nothing written in our little play designs that cut to the rim, but I'll do it my damn self because I, I know me sitting on the three-point line shooting four and a half threes like Stanley does isn't going to work. So I'll just go ahead and I'll cut to the rim and make my own offensive system for the team. You'd snapped. <laughs> I literally had no idea this had No, this this December stretch was god awful. It was god, go look in every other team. I mean, every other game. I I wrote about this at the for Piston Power that the December gauntlet had started. It was going to be hard for us to get there. No, it should not have been this hard. Go look at almost all. I can name multiple losses right now that were strictly on Dwayne Casey. We're up 15 against Philadelphia. Guess whose offense just goes to absolute crap. The Detroit Pistons. Guess, guess what happens? Guess what happens against the Milwaukee Bucks last game? Not only was our defense not very great, our offense just is god awful. It, you know how bad it was. So it, I felt embarrassed to watch this game. I had friends over watching this game with me last night. It was god awful watching this offense go on. It's just terrible. I don't. 
Like, I, I, no, no, dude, no. I played NBA 2K19 with my mic. My, my NBA 2K19 program court. My all program team has a better offensive system than the Pistons do. This is terrible. We do move. This is terrible. And it, I'm not even joking. The funny, the thing that keeps it entertaining for me just to be able to watch is that Dwayne Casey literally, he puts a dribble handoff at the beginning of each possession with Blake once, and then that's our motion. That's the system. There's our there's our little motion offense. There, there's how much moving around. Look, I got a dribble handoff. We do have a system. Yeah, okay. It's just trash. That's what it is. It's hot garbage. Ah. <coughs> <coughs> That's totally unscripted, folks. This that was a fine rant. A fine. It's, it's god. It's god awful. It's terrible. Dwayne Casey is terrible. I don't care what anybody says. I feel believe. I believe with all my heart now. After three months of what? How many months is it? Four, four or three. <coughs> uh, season started in October, right? And so it's been three months. Yeah, late October. So yeah. So three. So it's been, it's been a good three months of watching this team. I don't need to see anything more. I believe that if you put me and Joe, if you put Joe as the head coach, me as the assistant coach of the Detroit Pistons, we would, we would make a better offense than this. This is terrible. I don't care. Joe can come back with the, well, if you, I see the logic, or anybody else can hit me with the, I see the logic, or, or, or oh, cool, we'll be professional. Be, come on, don't, you can't be saying that. No, BS. This is terrible. This is, this is god-awful. The Pistons are this bad. <laughs> I'm not trying to say the Pistons are world beaters or they're going to be top four seed if it wasn't for Dwayne Casey, but we sure as hell wouldn't be seven and nineteen if we hit if we didn't have Dwayne Casey. It's terrible. <coughs> it's god awful. I, I don't know. I, there's I don't. There's not enough words that I can say to explain how god awful this offense is. It's trash. You know, I'm starting to think that. And then, and hold on, Joe, hold on, Joe. And, and the nights that Blake Griffin struggles, the, the team literally gets like destroyed. It, God, I, I, it's just terrible. I can't take it, dude. I'm just, I've just been fuming over the past few weeks. It's, t- it's awful. I, I hate watching the. I love. This is coming from the dude who watched the Pistons throughout the, the Josh Harrelson and the, the Chucky Atkins and the, and, and, and the Brandon Knights. The, that, that whole era right there. And I liked watching them then. Even when they trashed, I was able to watch them. I can't stand watching them. Everything's terrible. I feel like throwing up every time I see this. Dead ass, dead ass throwing up. What he what he does with this whole players play hard for me doesn't account. Well, if you're, you, I'd rather have someone who doesn't. I'd rather have someone the players just hate but get put in the right positions to win than someone they happen to like. And, oh, we'll play hard. That's like going and working out on the wrong thing. Well, I'm working out. Well, you're working out the wrong things. That's why it's not happening. It's it. You know what this is called? Had anybody – I hope everybody who's watched this, who, who listens to this, has watched The Dark Knight. Because this is for real just like what the Joker said. It's insanity. It's, it's insane. You know what insanity is? Doing the same thing over and over and over, expecting a different result. This little give the ball to Blake and does everyone stand around? It's not going to work, Dwayne Casey. If you haven't noticed, it's not very good offense. It's terrible. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Joe has to get to this recap and stuff. I'm sure no one wants to just sit here and listen for a good 20 minutes of me just ranting. But it is what it is. I can't take it no more. I want it's only been two, it's been three months into Dwayne Casey's what five year contract. I want him fired already. Fired. <laughs> Relieved of his duties. I want. I don't want him. Oh I don't want him coaching the Detroit Pistons. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm dead. I'm totally dead. 
you want to know something else? I'll go a step further. I mean it wholeheartedly. Mark it down. I, I believe with my whole heart that this team would be better with, with head coach and can with a head coach of these names. And I mean this wholeheartedly. Come at me all you want. This is how bad I, I this is how bad I think of Dwayne Casey. The names of John Cooster. Oh no Lawrence Frank. Oh Michael Curry. <laughs> all the all those coaches, Murray's cheeks. I promise you, I watched the Pistons throughout all those years. They had more of an offensive system than this than Dwayne Casey did. We may have been trash, and they may not be good coaches, but I'm telling you, Dwayne Casey isn't a good one either. No. <laughs> oh, my word. All right. So, <clears throat> we are officially on the, I suppose, we're on the fire Dwayne Casey train here on the no, no, Joe, I mean, Joe, did I say anything incorrect there? I mean, I mean what? I mean, it's just awful what goes on out there on a, on a night. There's no way you can call that. If you watch that, if someone who hadn't seen NBA basketball before watched this and they like, this is what professionals look like, that's what, this is what they would say. This is what they would look at that and be like, well, what's so cool? What's so much better about this NBA basketball? I can just go watch my, my rep team play. It looked the exact same. That's, that's exactly what they think. <laughs> um, you know, I'm trying to Joe think. Joe came to hoop with me like last week, him and Sam. Our offense when we played together against on the fours was better than what was going on. What's going on out there with the Pistons? Go ahead, Joe. <laughs> um, um, I'm trying to think of what I should say first. You know, I. This is why I'm on this trade, Stanley Johnson. Cause I know, I know that Stanley Johnson isn't the greatest on offense, and he, <laughs> and he struggles. But he sure as hell isn't going to get any better or has any chance to to make it who he make it to who he is with Dwayne Casey. It's not going to happen. The man has Stanley Johnson taking the third most threes in the team. Freddie Jackson, how many threes is he taking a game? Four. Blake Griffin took eight threes tonight. Eight. Blake Griffin, you want to know something else that was funny? You want to know something else that was just hilarious about tonight? What? Blake Griffin didn't even come out in the second half to what, like eight minutes left in the fourth? So not only are you got like this large-ass load on him to carry, you're playing him how many straight minutes? He played in the second 40 half, what, minutes. 16 straight minutes? He played 40 minutes in the game. Four, There's 44 minutes total in so, the game. So he played 40. Blake Griffin, everybody. This is the same person we were all talking about before the season. We need to keep him healthy. If he if he goes down, we are going to be finished. You want to know what Dwayne Casey counter to that was? Oh, we want to keep Drake healthy? Okay, let's go ahead and put everything on him and then play him 40 minutes. It's awful. <clears throat> Blake Griffin will go down. I'm, I don't like – I'm not that type of person. I'm not that type of person that likes to wish injury on the people. I don't want him to get hurt. But this is this isn't even me wishing things. This is me just telling you a fact. F A C T. This is going to be a fact. If Blake Griffin continues to have to carry this load, playing these kind of minutes, he will go down. I'm put. I'll book it. He's going to go down, and it's going to be nobody else's fault but Dwayne Casey. And when Blake goes down, and you see that literally, you know what's going to be funny? I think if Blake goes down, literally, instead of just creating an offense. We're just going to put someone else in Blake Griffin's role. We'll just, we'll, just, we'll just have someone else post up, do a dribble handoff one per possession, and then just have them ISO and post up. He'll just, he'll just put someone else in Blake's spot and just have them do it. Um. Hey, Dwayne, call Stan Van Gundy because Stan Van Gundy had a better system than this. 
Call Stan. There's a lot to unpack there, Coop. <laughs> I mean, it, I, it is what it is. I'm glad you told us how you really feel. Yeah, this is exactly how I feel. Well, Andre Drummond had a career year last year because of Stan Van Gundy. How he used coming this year, he's having a good year. Guess who would ha- be having a better year if it wasn't for Dwayne Casey? Andre Drummond. <laughs> um, I'm willing to bet everything in my room right now. Joe, Joe's look. Joe can see everything. I'm willing to bet. I, I can bet this. I can bet this. I can. I can bet this. I can bet everything in my room right now that I believe that anybody on this team would be looking better if it wasn't for Dwayne Casey. Every single person on this team. Every single one. Okay. So, let's start off something here. Okay? Because we all know that there is something in this world that I do find particularly sweet. Ku knows in particular one of the things that I do greatly enjoy. If we hop into the Wayback Machine a second, Koo, do you remember, I think it was probably the first podcast we recorded, it was before the season had even started, we were talking about Dwayne Casey, you remember this? Yep. I remember you were all optimistic, you were telling me. I was. He's saying all these good things, he's going to fix Stanley Johnson. Oh yeah, the talk good, yep, you know, the talk good. Got to be less post-ups. More ball movement. <laughs> and I was like... That's insane. See, the fact... See, that's crazy. See, he, he actually said this. No, see, that, that's crazy. I forgot he said that. He for real said less post-ups. Those words came out of this man's mouth before the season. I, I think I've seen more post-ups. No, no, nothing. I know for a fact. Pull up the numbers, Joe, if you know how to. If you know the numbers, I don't even know if they keep track of those kind of things. But I guarantee that we've had more post-ups this season than we had last season. This is... Blake Griffin post-up... This isn't no. I can't. I forgot he said that. This man said that for real before the season. Less post ups, more ball movement. Ball movement, my ass. No. <laughs> oh man. Um. Well, so all I wanted to say there was, I did tell you so. <laughs> oh man. I mean. Um, you know, I here I thought we were gonna have a nice, some nice positivity. And, no, I uh, told I told Joe, no, don't let him spin this. Don't let Joe spin this. I told Joe before this podcast started, this has been rough. I don't know if I can do it. This was this was going to happen. No, you didn't tell me this was gonna happen. No, I didn't know I had to. Dwayne Casey has pushed me over the edge. I can't stand him. I literally, I cannot stand. I used, you want to know something else about Kuka Hill? Kuka Hill, before he goes to bed, we used to watch every post-game, uh, post-game interview with coaches. Every game. I, used, I like to watch and see what they have to say. I officially stopped watching those two and a half weeks ago. I don't want to hear Dwayne Casey's thoughts. I don't want to hear what he has to say. I don't want to hear nothing. No. I don't want to hear nothing. It sounds like I made a good decision to take a little bit of a hiatus for like a oh, week. Oh yeah, yeah, he made a great decision because Dwayne Casey made my holiday season terrible. He made he 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 was the Grinch who stole Christmas. He he stole my Christmas. Oh my goodness. Um. Uh. You know, see the worst thing about this. Real quick, last thing I'm going to say. I promise. Last thing I'm going to say. I promise. The thing that I hate the most about this, Joe's just cracking up over there. It is what it is. The worst thing about the thing that I just can't, that hurts me the most 
is that I know this team is capable of playing better and being way better than they are. And I know that they're better than those people on Twitter that we've argued with about, well, I don't know if they're very good. Andre Drummond just isn't very good. You know, you know what's terrible about that? Dwayne Casey's proving them right. He's making them look correct. They, oh, well, I can't see the Pistons being any hair higher than AC. They're, they're more likely to be out the playoffs than in it. Unless, they're, unless their reasoning for why the Pistons look like that was going to be Dwayne Casey, he's making them look absolutely right. And it's, it's disgusting. Because I, I, they're not right. They're, they're wrong. The Pistons are better than what they are. Dwayne Casey's just making them look like this. It's awful. This little, this little, oh, we get top 10 open looks. Well, well, I could get Andre Drummond 20 open looks a game, too. I could get, there's a reason why these people are open. There's a reason. How about you get Luke Kennard some more minutes instead of Bruce Brown and Langston Galloway? How about, how about you get, how about you get Luke Kennard and Reggie Bullock some more threes? How, how about that one? How, how about that? How about, how about not have Stanley Johnson shooting threes like he's J.J. Reddick per game? How about, how about not having, having Blake Griffin have the usage rate of Russell Westbrook? How about that one? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my word. All you, all, you, all you other big man lovers who love the Capellas, the Steven Adams, and all those guys. Put them over here. Trade trade Andre Drummond. Put them over. Put Andre Drummond in this scenario and put them over here. They look worse. They look worse than this. Mm. I can't remember the last time the Pistons had an easy bucket. Actually, no, I take that back. They had a couple threes. They had a couple open threes tonight because the, the Grizzlies defense was awful. That wasn't no, don't let nobody fool you. This wasn't good Pistons or 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 Dwayne Casey just scheming people open. This was the Grizzlies defense just giving people open threes. This was not good Dwayne Casey. I'm not even saying it's good Pistons. They should hit open threes. These weren't, these weren't schematic open threes. These was just Blake going to the rim. Oh, four people go to the paint. Everyone's open. This was not good Pistons. The Pistons still have very many issues. All of them starting at the top. The fish drops from the head down. Oh my God. Go ahead, Joe. I'm done. I'm oh going to get some water. I'll, I'll return. I'm getting some water. I don't think you're Go actually ahead, done. Oh uh, yeah, no, no, no! I'm going to get water. You're good. You got a good like. You have a, everyone. You guys got a good like 25 seconds before I return in case I have some more to say. Go ahead, Joe. I'll be back. Okay. Let me get some water. Um. Wow. So, uh, once again, that was uh, that was <laughs> that was not at all what I thought was going to happen there. Um, I thought we were gonna just have a nice little chat about the game. But apparently, Koo has been really feeling it. So, um, you know, the irony is, um, I was, one of my things I was going to say was that I thought this was about as good as the offense has looked this season. Um, and one of the big things was, now, like Koo said, I would actually agree with that. It wasn't like the scheme was so much better or anything, but um, I really liked the way that Blake Griffin played in, played the game. Um, most notably is that he was moving faster and making faster decisions where his sort of, his sort of default mode very oftentimes is when he gets the ball, he wants to sort of take a moment and 
survey the court and then dribble between his legs a few times and then sort of slowly make his way into position to do stuff, right? Oh, hold on, Joe. Hold on. You want to know, you know why I believe that is? You want to know why? Why, Coop? <laughs> because he's totally dying out there of just exhaustion from carrying so much. It's not like that he has, like, a scheme out there for him to understand, okay, well, this person is going to be open. Let's try to get this going. He's probably creating every single thing that goes on out there himself. He's, he, he plays so much with so much of a load. He's probably just out there. The, the little dribbling, you know, I've came to believe that that little him going slower is just him trying to catch a damn breath because he just, he, he, no, go ahead, Joe. Go ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, okay. Here, here. I'll, I'll hop in on the Dwayne Casey hate in a second, but I do want to bring that up is that one of Blake Griffin's um, weaknesses, and this was true last season too, is, um, you know, he plays he he has a tendency to play in the style of like what James Harden does, right? Where everything is slow. Whenever he gets the ball, everything stops, right? And I'm we both really like Blake Griffin as a player. Blake Griffin is not as good as James Harden, right? I think that's a fair statement to make. So and I think the Pistons are a lot better offensively when Blake sort of is willing to do things faster. And the one thing that's connected with that is that um, obviously Blake Griffin is like a smart enough player to make quick decisions, right? Like he's at a, he's got a great IQ for the game. There's no, excuse me. There's no doubt about that. So I think that he did that tonight. He didn't stand. He wasn't a black hole. Basically Uh, when he got the ball, he moved right away. He made quick decisions uh, there were a couple of times that he even got the ball in the short roll after setting a pick and passed right out of it. He didn't dick around with it. That was really good to see. Um, so, yeah, I think that had a lot to do with uh, the effectiveness of the Pistons' offense, is that it wasn't just... Now, Memphis was not totally on their games. I think that's fair to say. But it wasn't just that Memphis was playing really bad defense. I think a lot of it is has to do with the fact that um, first off, the Pistons hit shots, right? Like, <laughs> Kuz showing me a replay of... <laughs> first off, um, the Pistons hit shots, even some that were not terribly open. Yeah, I saw that earlier. I actually liked that play. That was one of the... That's what, some of the most creativity they've shown all year on that play, Koo. Um, the Okay, you don't need to keep... It's not a, it's not a visual podcast, Koo. They can't see it. I'm not gonna sit here. I'm not gonna sit here and like have to describe. Well, you don't have to just keep talking. I'm just gonna hold it up. Okay, but so, um, you know, I think that that had a lot to do with the Pistons' offense looking better tonight. Is that Blake Griffin didn't let the offense stagnate with him as much? But here's the thing, right? And then I'll I'll join in with Koo on the Dwayne Casey thing, okay? And once again, <coughs> excuse me. This is something that I said before the season, is that my worry with Dwayne Casey is that was, and has proven to be fairly true, is that... That he's awful. Is that he is not a very creative offensive mind, right? And he's very much so a guy who's sort of a, we're going to just kind of roll the ball out and let him play on offense. Um, he's even been told, he's been, I mean, he's fairly upfront about it. Like he literally said, I don't remember exactly where this was. I probably should. Um, so I can quote the article, but it was in, 
It was either in a Keith Langlois piece or a James Edwards piece. But regardless, he was quoted. I remember he straight up said, look, we don't really run plays. We have concepts that we run. We don't run individual plays. And the problem with that and the reason why Dwayne Casey scared me so much is that the Pistons have a lot of guys. So they have some offensive talent, right? Blake Griffin is a supremely talented offensive player. Andre Drummond can be a really useful offensive player in the right situations. Um, Reggie Jackson can be a useful offensive player in the right situations. Uh, Luke Kennard, Reggie Bullock are really good shooters. Langston Galloway is a good shooter. Um, you know, John Lure's not a total bum on offense. He's shooting like 70% from two this season, which is absurd. Um, but, you know, like, they've got some offensive firepower on the roster. But... A lot of their guys do not have all of the best tendencies. And I was worried about, and once again, it's sort of been proven to be true, is that with Dwayne Casey's style of coaching, it's going to not push guys away from their worst tendencies. So, like, Blake Griffin's worst tendency as a player, on offense at least, obviously he's got some defensive issues, which that's another thing altogether. But on offense, his worst tendency is his tendency to always want to slow the game down and just say, screw it, I'm just going to post up and try and back a guy down from you know 18 feet away and sort of do everything the hardest way. Andre Drummond's worst tendencies are, well, instead of just sort of going around setting picks, rolling to hard to the rim and such, oh, I'm going to post up, I'm going to face up, I'm going to try and do stuff myself. Reggie Jackson's worst tendencies are, um, you know, I'm just going to shoot. No matter what, I'm shooting the ball, and I'm going to do stuff on my own, and I'm going to shoot, right? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And without any sort of a really concrete and good offensive system, guys are going to lean into those bad tendencies. And this leads into what you (laughs) so eloquently spoke about, which is that everyone gets worse like that. Um, You know, offensively, this is the worst version of Andre Drummond. This is Andre Drummond having to create a huge amount of his own offense. Um, You know, I should have, if I'd known we were going to talk about this tonight, I would have looked it up, but... um, I want to look at what percentage of Andre Drummond's... You know, I bet you, honestly, I may be able to find this. If I can't find it right away, I'm not going to keep looking. But um, I wonder what percentage of Andre Drummond's um, points or buckets are assisted. Because I would bet you it is not very high. And that's the issue. It's like you've got this elite rim-running big man who isn't doing any rim running, right? And so it's just stuff like that. And like you said, now obviously it's an, it's hyperbole to um <laughs> to say, you know, when was the last time the Pistons had a had an open had an open look. Okay, here's a thing. Here's a stat for you, Koo. All right. Andre Drummond has been assisted on 53.6% of his shots this season. That is the lowest of his career. Last season was 54.5. Year before that, 60.3. Compare that compare that to all these big men that everyone loves for just rim running and Here, I'll have to and, and, right, and, and, we'll we'll 
I'll bring this up a sec. Here, you can say something a sec while you bring this up. Give me just a second. All right, well, basically, all I'm going to say to you guys is Jordan Casey's awful. <laughs> okay. All I'm going to say to you guys. You yeah. guys know we'll, what this we'll, is. We'll compare this with Clint Capella. It's going to be really funny yeah, if it turns out point. that Clint Capella is actually lower or something. That would be... That would, oh, that, that, that'd be yeah. I'd have to sit down. That, that would actually be really, 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 really funny. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, Yo, so please, Koo, don't read it. It makes us look bad. Is it Koo, look you bad? remember, all right, Andre Drummond this season is this 53.6% of his buckets are assisted. What do you think, Clint, what percentage of Clint Capella's buckets this season have been assisted? 70. 79. Last year, 81. <laughs> year before that, 82. <laughs> Here, here, let's 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 keep doing this. I like this. This is fun. <laughs> let's try Steven Adams. Well, all right, cool. Let's have a guess go down. And we're doing this totally blind. One of these could end up making us look stupid. Like this is a risk we're taking right now. All right, cool. What percentage of Steven Adams? It's not as absurd as Capella. What percentage of Steven Adams buckets are assisted? Sixty-four. This year, six, just under 63. Last year, 69. So not as absurd as Capella, but still over 10% more. Let's try uh, DeAndre Jordan. Oh, this one's going to be great. I know for a damn fact that it has, there's no way that there's no way. And once no again, we're doing, the, we're doing this totally blind. One of these, like, we could be surprised here. All right, cool. Let's have a guess. What percentage of DeAndre Jordan's buckets are assisted? 98. Not actually even close. 74%. Less than Clint Capella. I'm actually surprised by that. I would have figured. Bet, I'm shocked by that too. I, I would have figured he would have been the highest guy there. But yep. yeah, like you said, okay, that's, and you know, it kind of connects with the thing, okay? Because so in the same thing, because we brought it up earlier with Bruce Brown, right? Um, Andre Drummond made an appearance in Zach Lowe's 10 Things I Like and Don't Like as a thing he doesn't like, actually. Um, and one of the things that, no, I'm a huge fan of Zach Lowe. I think he's about as good as it gets as far as national uh, media guys, right? But one of the things that Zach Lowe misses with Andre Drummond and frustrates me is that, and this is something other people do too, is that I know for a fact, right, that Zach Lowe does not think highly of Reggie Jackson, right? And he never has, to his credit. Like, he's not one of these guys where it's like there's some guys that's frustrating because they act like, you know, the past two years when Reggie Jackson's been hurt, that that's the guy that he's been all along, right? Like, Zach Lowe is not a fan of Reggie Jackson when the Pistons first traded for him, right? He was pretty skeptical of that of the guy. Okay, so to his credit, he's just, he's never really been a huge fan of him, right? Um, my guess would be that if you pulled Zach Lowe and a lot of other of these guys, about among teams who are actually trying to win this year, so we're disqualifying like you know the Suns and the Cavaliers and whatnot. Um, which teams have the worst backcourt play, at least in terms of like playmaking and shot creation, among teams that are actually trying to win games? My guess is a huge amount of those people would rank the Pistons last or close to it. I mean, like I can't even imagine who you would put who you would put ahead behind them among teams. I mean, like, maybe 
maybe the Lakers would count, but then again, they have LeBron. So even though he's not a backcourt player, like obviously LeBron is a phenomenal facilitator. Um, maybe Miami with Goran Dragic hurt. Uh, I mean, I suppose Philadelphia, Ben Simmons isn't a backcourt player, so maybe you could count him. I mean, like, there's so there's a couple people you could maybe put back there. San, the Spurs. The Spurs would have a real argument there, right? But, like, almost any of these people would say the Pistons have really, really bad point guard play, right? Which I actually, I don't even hate Reggie Jackson like that. But it's like, how can you in one sentence talk about you know, constantly talk about how Reggie Jackson is terrible and not good and the Pistons don't have any good guard play. And then in the next sentence say, yeah, Andre Drummond's not an efficient enough scorer when you compare him to other guys who are centers. And it's like, Clint Capella plays with James Harden and Chris Paul. DeAndre Jordan played with Chris Paul forever and now is playing with Luka Doncic. Like, Steven Adams plays with Russell Westbrook. I mean, (laughs) what do you, like... It's just there's just kind of a disconnect there, which I don't always understand. Um, so yeah, that's a thing there. But I don't even know where we were. Um, oh, I remember. My so face is off. yeah. So it's that sort of idea that it lends guys to leaning into their worst tendencies, and I would have much preferred a coach. And once again, this is one of the main reasons why I was fairly against hiring Dwayne Casey in the first place is that I think to maximize this roster, the Pistons needed a coach who is going to sort of cause guys to lean against some of their worst tendencies, right? A guy who would get Blake Griffin to play more like he played tonight, every night where, you know, we're going to get you the ball a ton still, you're going to do a ton, but to really get Blake Griffin to buy into the idea that, you can dominate the game and dominate the offense without totally dominating the ball, right? Like, this doesn't mean we're going to try and make you a spot-up shooter a whole bunch or anything like that. Like, And obviously, Blake Griffin, no matter what, he's gonna if you're using him right, he's going to have a big offensive load, and guys who carry big offensive loads are not, you know, <laughs> they're, they ha- they're going to be a certain way. That's just a reality of NBA superstars. But you got to get him to sort of push a little bit out of his comfort zones. You know, have a coach who's able to convince Andre Drummond to just, like, you know, and he's honestly, with his face-ups, he's even been good enough at that that I don't hate letting him do that sort of thing occasionally, but, like, sort of convince him like Stan Van Gundy did last year. And once again, that's the thing that's most frustrating about the Andre Drummond thing, honestly, Um, where that is truthfully, it's pretty infuriating because we saw last year, all right, we have absolute undeniable evidence that Andre Drummond has not been sitting around like I have to put, you know, he's not been doing the Dwight Howard thing where he's like, I have to post up. You have to post me up. So like, well, I guess we have to post Andre Drummond up like last season. He completely stopped posting up. It never happened. Literally. It was completely cut out of the offense. And so it's like, and then and Stan Van Gundy talked about it last season, which is, he was like, you know, Andre Drummond's never a guy who's complained about shot attempts. He likes to have the ball. He likes to be involved in the offense, but just he's never a guy who's complained about shot attempts. He's never complained about post-ups. And the thing that's, of course, was nice about Stan Van Gundy being the coach is that, you know, 
he doesn't mince words about that sort of thing. He wouldn't have said that if it wasn't true, right? Like, I mean, he maybe wouldn't say, yeah, he complains about it all the time, but he wouldn't go out there saying, yeah, Andre Drummond never gives us issues about that if Andre Drummond was secretly behind the scenes complaining about not getting enough post-ups. And so that's honestly, that's the thing that's most frustrating about that situation with Andre Drummond is that we know that he's, we know, we saw what Andre Drummond without post-ups looked like and it was incredible and it was beautiful and it was good and apparently Dwayne Casey was just like, yeah, no, let's not do that. And I do understand that it was, it would be tough to totally recreate what there was last year because Blake Griffin is a very different player from yeah, Tobias like Harris, right? Like, I no matter you know, they could have Jesus himself as their coach, and you would not have had Andre playing exactly like he did last year, right? Like that's just that's a reality of the situation. But it is frustrating to see him now back to a situation where he's posting up a ton, he's facing up a ton, and while I prefer him to face up, if we're gonna give Andre Drummond the ball a bunch. I'd rather have him play the way that he's mostly played this year, which is do a lot more facing up, a lot more aggressive moves to the basket, a lot less jump hooks, etc. But it's just, man, that's not what his game should be. He doesn't have to be exclusively a role man who does nothing but dunk. He's capable of doing more than that, right? We, I think we both agree on that. But you don't want his game to be what it has been this season, which is, and like you said, if he's doing things in the offense, it's either bashing his way to offensive rebounds or bashing his way to try and lay it up at the hoop. And, you know, obviously the offensive rebounds thing, that's something you want him to do no matter what. But that's not his game. He's a guy who, at this point, I'm comfortable with letting him try and create his own offense, at least occasionally. But, you know, like maybe in particular, there's certain units that I'm more okay with it. It's like occasionally he's been out there with a lot of bench guys or in particular without Blake Griffin on the floor you know if Blake Griffin's not on the floor then sure let Andre Drummond do his thing for a few possessions there's you know not a whole lot of harm in that but yeah it's just that's a that's a <laughs> that's a definite frustration um you know this was uh this was not how we were figured that the <laughs> this was not how I figured this podcast was gonna go um I think that I don't even know how far we've gone. We've probably been going for like probably close to an hour at this point, honestly. Um, I think we'll kind of try and wrap it up with um, any general thoughts on just this game. Other than that, you believe Dwayne Casey is terrible. Like anything from tonight that you want to say. It wasn't good Pistons. (laughs) Okay. Um, Is there anything I want to say? Um, I said my bit about how I really liked the way that Blake Griffin played offense. I I do think that I think that if if he can play that way more often, the Pistons' offense will look better. Um, and then another thing that I'd like to say is that even though it didn't stand out in the box score, Andre Drummond he only had eleven points, ten rebounds, two assists, two steals, one block. Did not shoot well from the field. He shot just four of thirteen from the field, um, but. I thought he really played a nice game. He was plus 13 on the night. His defense was good, I thought. Um, It was just one of those situations where, you know, and it's funny because it's the exact opposite of what a lot of people accuse Andre Drummond of, where he puts up these monster box scores and people are like, yeah, but he's not actually really helping you. Um, This was the exact opposite of that idea where um, his box score didn't jump out, but I really thought he played a good game. Um, 
beyond that, I mean, Luke Kennard gave some really good minutes when he um uh, when he had that one. Now he missed some free throws at the end of the game, which was a little scary and frustrating. But um, when he had that one possession where he was like, "I want the ball," and he just straight up pulled, and everyone knew it. Like it was like he's about to pull this three, and he hit it. I was pretty hype about that. Um, and yeah, I mean, look. The the schedule is not getting a whole lot easier. They're playing the Jazz next, then the Spurs, then the Lakers, then Sacramento. Remember, Sacramento's not bad. Um, Then the Clippers, then Utah again, then Orlando, then Miami, then Sacramento again. How many games is this? There's a good chance that until they play the Wizards on January 21 that the Pistons will not play another game against a team with a losing record. There's a very real chance that that is a thing. Utah is just below 500 right now. Sacramento's just above it. Or Orlando's well below 500. That's a lie. So there's one game in there. But regardless, it's 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 another really tough stretch. So um <laughs> we and better each, each opponent each opponent you have to, you have to double the amount of games Joe just said. So if I believe Joe named like eight or nine games, double that and make it 18. Why? Because each game they go out there, they're playing against themselves. <laughs> they're playing against themselves and they're playing against the team in a different jersey. Yeah, I mean, look, I've tried my best to avoid um, totally going into the the black pit of negative expectations with Dwayne Casey. Um, because I've been kind of a Debbie Downer on him since he was hired, so I've tried to kind of actively fight those. But um, Is yeah, it really I Debbie mean, Downer or just being truthful. I mean, what what Koo said here, quite frankly, is that's in so many words that is kind of what I have felt. Um, I'm not. <laughs> I don't actually think they should fire him already. I think that would I be. Do. I mean, I would at least look. Okay. I'm not a I'm not someone who's fast to start advocating for a significant change of things. But let's just say that things continue as they are right now. And not only that the Pistons stay like mediocre, but they stay mostly healthy. Then I would honestly be like, yeah, you know, maybe <laughs> cuz here's the thing to remember, okay? The Pistons right now are on track for the sort of season they've had the past 2 years. But the past two years, they had that kind of a season because they had all these injury issues, right? Like, they haven't even had those injury issues this season, and they're on track for that kind of a season. So, yeah, not not great. Um, so, yeah, I mean, a lot of what Koo said is, and honestly, that's part of the reason it's so funny, is that I've tried my best to tamper um, my negativity around Dwayne Casey and... Who decided to come out here tonight and throw caution to the wind, and he blew the top off of it. And Koo, I mostly agree with what you said. Um, honestly, I mean anybody who doesn't agree or thinks anything differently about Dwayne Casey, I'll just accuse you of watching a different team. Well, you can't be watching this team if you don't believe that Dwayne Casey has been all around awful. Well, you know it is. It is a little bit funny to me because... I see people talking about, oh, he's, he, they're making him shoot the right shots. <laughs> we're, we're getting enough threes up. Um, it is kind of funny because, uh, you know, there were a lot of people 
who were quite insistent that Stan Van Gundy was like the worst coach in basketball, right? Like there were a lot of people who thought that he was totally useless. And um, there were a lot of people that thought he was the issue with this team. And I wonder at what point it will take those people to at least admit that they don't even have to give Stan Van Gundy any credit. But at the very least think maybe Stan Van Gundy wasn't actually the worst coach in basketball. Maybe he wasn't. I said it before the season. I said it before the season. I said it like a couple weeks ago. Our, uh, the, I believe Joe called him what the godfather of Piston Twitter. Duncan Smith tweeted before the season. He said, how long is it going to take for Pistons fans to start missing Stan Van Gundy? Tweeted him a couple weeks ago. Let him know I'm already missing him. I, I made an article before the season said that we should have kept Stan Van Gundy, at least for this season. I stand by it. Well, I mean, it within that, the desire, the reason I thought they should have kept Stan Van Gundy went even beyond the, the idea of that, you know, I threw it all. Look, I I didn't want to defend Stan Van Gundy too much. They didn't win enough games, right? Like at some point you have to win games, and they didn't win enough under Stan Van Gundy. But through it all, I continued to think that he was mostly a pretty good coach. But the other thing is, is that um, from the time that he arrived, they were pretty upfront with what the goal was, and the goal was we're going to try and make a competitive team, but we're trying to find a star that we can trade for. That's what we're trying to do. And they finally did that last year, right? Like, it was kind of like the the sort of vision that they've been trying to achieve since he arrived finally happened, and then they fired him, which I did, I did kind of feel like Stan should have gotten a chance to um, try and make it work with the, you know, with the roster that he finally, like... It was like, okay, he finally got his thing, now and now you fire him. That was a little bit curious to me. Um, so that was a big reason why I was kind of like, yeah, I think he probably deserved to get a shot with this team. Um, because, and, you know, one of the issues you have with then switching coaches in a situation like this is that, uh, so like, <laughs> now suddenly Reggie Jackson is not running pick and rolls at all, right? Like, that's one of the issues because Dwayne Casey's not a coach who really likes to run pick and rolls. He didn't run a lot of them in Toronto, and he hasn't run very many of them now. And it's like, so you have a roster that's built completely different from the way that a coach likes to play. And, you know, (laughs) admittedly, there's not any roster that really fits that well with the way that Dwayne Casey likes to coach. But um, not a single one. You won't find anyone in on this planet Earth. Well, you know, the last thing that I think I'll kind of say here is because you brought up earlier and something that a lot of Pistons fans would surely respond to is, well, how did the Raptors win so many games? OK, there's a couple of things here. Right. First off is that I think a ton of people do not and never did. And this is even independent of Dwayne Casey. Do not appreciate just how freaking good Kyle Lowry is. That guy is phenomenal. I mean, Koo, I've maintained for a long time against a lot of criticism, he's been the best point guard in the Eastern Conference for years now. Like, that dude is the absolute real deal. I think he is as good as anybody not named, like, Steph Curry, Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook. And Chris Paul's old now, so he's maybe not quite there yet anymore. But, you know what I mean? Like, that is how good that guy is. 
And then also, DeMar DeRozan is phenomenal, right? Like, legitimately, two dudes that are all NBA caliber players. And DeMar DeRozan left. He's with the Spurs now, and he's still phenomenal, right? Like, they had really good, really deep rosters consistently. And they had a couple of guys at the top that were absolutely spectacular. And in particular, both ooh, excuse me, both of those guys are so good that they can even thrive in the sort of offense that Dwayne Casey chooses to run. Like, DeMar DeRozan's entire shtick is, I'm just going to take mid-range shots and draw fouls, right? Like, that's his entire thing. Kyle Lowry's just, I'm just going to launch threes off the dribble and create things because I'm a really good passer. Like, and that's, honestly, that's kind of the thing that the Pistons are really missing to make this look better is that they've got that one guy in Blake Griffin. They don't have that second guy, right? They don't have the Kyle Lowry. Um, they don't have the, yeah, I mean, that's really what it is. They don't have a Kyle Lowry. And I think that a mistake that a lot of Pistons fans are making right now and trying to figure out how to fix the Pistons is all that they're thinking about is, well, Reggie Jackson's taking a lot of three-pointers, so we just need a point guard who can shoot. And that ain't it. Because the thing isn't just that Reggie Jackson's taking a lot of three-pointers, which he is. Reggie Jackson's still shooting a lot. Like, Reggie Jackson is taking, here, let me bring it up. Reggie Jackson's taking, like, 14 shot attempts per game, like, shot equivalents. Per 36 minutes, he's taking, he's taking almost 18 shot equivalents per 36 minutes. Like, Reggie Jackson's still being asked to do a lot. The problem is they're asking him to do it outside of the pick and roll, which is obviously where he's best. So it's like, you know, a lot of people think, well, Kyle Lowry could shoot, so that's what made him good at this. Now, Kyle Lowry was also a phenomenal facilitator and a really good isolation scorer, and he couldn't just shoot. He could shoot off the dribble threes, right? Like, that's what really separates him. And so it's not just as simple as the Pistons need a point guard who can shoot. The Pistons need a point guard who's, like, an all-NBA caliber point guard. And guess what? Those don't grow on trees. So, yeah. You want you want to know something uh this real quick, this since you said per thirty six, I saw this earlier when we were ranting. You wanna know how many three Stanley Johnson is taking per thirty six? Sure. Tell me. Almost eight attempts <laughs> a game. Per thirty six minutes? Yep, almost eight. Nice. And that is third on the team among regular rotation. <laughs> per thirty six minutes, Langs and Galloway's first is seven point seven. Reggie Jackson oh, wait, no, is second. I, I think Stanley 7.2 is, no, yeah. 7.3, right? Yeah. Reggie Jackson and Stanley Johnson are tied for second at 7.3. I thought he was the one. I, I got confused with Langston, but yeah, either way, seven. Yeah, that's not great. That and is. then also, on what you just said, and then we and then if you want to wrap it up, you can. I just comment what you just said. I mean, said. you can keep ranting if you want to. I'm oh, not going to oh, yeah, stop I, you. I, I, I can rant forever, but. See, Joe, Joe, we now while me and Joe agree on Dwayne Casey, this is where we just disagree on. He, 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 he when we got into an argument about this today with our group, just I understand what he's saying that we just getting someone who can just shoot. Uh, well, Kyle Lloyd could do more and all that stuff, whatever. I understand, but I don't, I don't think Joe, I think this is why I believe Joe's doing why is Joe saying this or what is behind it. Joe is saying this as if like the offense is going to. Change once that person like 
we got better facilitators. Someone's going to handle the ball more. All of a sudden, he's going to be able to do pick and roll. No, I, I don't see this happening. So no, we're just going to okay. have our people here's, shoot threes. Here's what I mean, okay? Here's what I mean, right? Is that right now, he's taking a lot of threes, but Reggie Jackson is doing a lot other than just take threes. He still has the ball, I and mean, he has the ball in his hands and is taking as many shots as he did last season. The problem is when he's not taking three-pointers, he's just doing stuff totally out of isolation. Like you said earlier in your long rant, he yep. has to do everything on his own, right? Like, literally, here, I'm going to double-check this. I'm, I'm going in blind. Per 36 minutes, Reggie Jackson is taking almost as many shot equivalents. He's, he's like one lower than he was the last two seasons, okay? So it's not like he's his overall... Um, shooting is way down. His usage percentage has dropped a little bit, um, but not like it's not a huge, drastic drop. Okay, like he's being used less, but it's not a huge drop. The problem is you're doing that usage instead of going okay. So we're gonna have his usage be here, but let's have it be what he's good at, which is pick and rolls. Instead, they're just like if you're not shooting three pointers you're going to just have to go totally ISO and just do things on your own, right? And so it's like, already it's an issue for the Pistons that Blake Griffin is having to do a ton. Okay, you know, I'm just going to be honest about this game. It's somewhat directed at um, Sham uh, and oh, no. his oh, desire. No. He want, he thinks that the Pistons should have Seth Curry be their starting point guard. Let me tell you something. Seth Curry or someone like that as your starting point guard would be a freaking disaster. You can't, right now, your issue is we don't have enough ball handling and we don't have enough two-way wings on the roster. And also, our point guards stink at defense. Getting a point guard who is also terrible at defense, has even less ball handling capabilities than Reggie Jackson, but can shoot better, is not going to make you better as a team. In fact, it's going to make you worse. I literally think that a really good shooter like Seth Curry will make you worse because Seth Curry can't do any sort of ball handling. He can't do any sort of facilitation, any sort of creating his own shot. So now the load on Blake Griffin is even heavier. Now Andre Drummond's taking even more post-ups, right? That's not what you want. What the Pistons need is more ball handling. And, I mean, quite frankly, like, you want to know the truth? That's one of the reasons that Bruce Brown has not looked terrible as a starter, is that he's not afraid to occasionally take the ball in his own hands and do stuff occasionally. And guess what? Bruce Brown can't shoot at all. I would rather sacrifice a little bit of shooting to get more ball handling on the floor. This is honestly... No no smoking. No, I'm not. This is honestly... No, Luke Kennard's a better shooter than Langston Galloway. But this is honestly the this is the reason why I continue to be like Luke Kennard should be playing over Langston Galloway. It's not just because when I, he's a better shooter, but it's like Luke Kennard can handle the ball a little bit. Langston Galloway can't really do anything as far as facilitation. We need more people on this team who can take some of the load off of Blake Griffin and actually do stuff. Even if it is, it's stupid, it's not well designed, it's just, well, try and do something, right? That actually makes it even more important that you have other guys who you can just say, well, just go do something, right? If they had a good offensive structure, then you could say, well, you know, Reggie Bullock, Luke Kennard, um, Langston Galloway, you can make that work. Like if you had Brad Stevens or Greg Popovich coaching the offense, right? 
Like you could figure this out just by constant movement, constant backdoor cuts, etc., etc., etc. That ain't happening with Dwayne Casey. Your options are Blake Griffin go do something or someone else go do something. They don't need less people on the team who can just go do something. That's the point I'm making. Um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. That's that's kind of the point. So do you have any 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 final thoughts here, Koo? Uh, the only thing I had to say is uh, responding to what Joe just said. I, I'm in the camp with I, I'm not as far in with Sham as as like as he th- as like he believes on it, but I I do agree. I, this is how I feel. Joe is talking about this playmaking. It, it'd be different if like Reggie Jackson gave you like a plus at any of those. I just don't think he gives you a plus at any of those things. At least Seth Curry gives you a plus at shooting. Now, the reason why I jumped on Joe's bandwagon after, like, 20 minutes of them arguing about this was because, like, involved with this whole scenario, we were talking about Reggie Bullock being, like, one of the guys that would have to be traded. And that's just something I'm not going to – he's going to be – he has the most trade value uh, on the team. I'm not going to waste it for Seth Curry. So that's when I – that's why I jumped – I agree with Joe now. But I don't agree with Joe on this whole – on his bigger point because I – unless you're getting a pre – like, a plus – it's not like Reddy Jackson's giving us a plus in isolation or shooting. So okay, if you're getting a plus okay, at either cool. one of those, I think thing, it's okay. better for them than Reddy Jackson is. Okay. You remember you remember the whole um you remember the whole deal we have about D'Angelo Russell, right? I knew it. I knew this was gonna get okay. brought up when you brought up people who can't get to the pain. Okay. <laughs> I would have D'Angelo Russell as my starting point guard every day of the week and twice on Sundays. Because he can actually, look, he's not that good at it, but he can at least do something with the ball in his hands. You, They need more guys. And this is the exact reason why, I, and we brought it up a couple times, okay, that why this past offseason when you would joke about the Pistons should get Derrick Rose. And I was like, I mean, I wouldn't hate it just because the Pistons need more guys who can do stuff with the ball in their hands. They need it even more now that Dwayne Casey is their coach. Because the only way anything happens on offense is someone just going out and creating something on their own. They do not get any help from the scheme at all. So they need more guys who can just go and do it. And for all of his flaws, he's not that efficient at it. He's not that good at it. But you know what? D'Angelo Russell can do a little bit with the ball in his hands. He's not an elite three-point shooter. He's just a pretty good one. I'd way rather have that than Seth Curry, who's an elite three-point shooter, but cannot do anything with the ball in his hands. Okay, for real, this is my final thing, for real, for real. I'm not lying to you guys this time. <laughs> yes, you are. No, this is for my last thing. Actually, it's two things. One, yeah, see, Joe, Joe, forgets the, Joe forgets the other guy I also told him. I, 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 went to, I went to the private DMs and told Joe this guy. I didn't want to say it out loud to everybody because everyone would have just destroyed me. But I believe this person also fits uh, what Joe just described that we need. Joe, you remember who the other person I said the fits and should have signed? I actually don't. Michael Beasley. I mean, he's another one he, that he don't get his own bucket, and that's what we need. Yeah, I mean, he's another guy that I. Well, here's the thing that you have to remember with the idea of Michael Beasley, right? Is that like they would have signed him? It would have over Glenn Robinson, and like, mm, I mean, he's trash. Would Michael Beasley be worse than Glenn Robinson? Probably no. not. I mean, I don't even know how's Michael Beasley even doing this season. I ha- I literally don't know. Yeah. So I mean, you know, 
I wouldn't be thrilled with signing Michael Beasley. And for what it's worth, I mean, even though it hasn't gone well so far, certainly, um, I do prefer the idea of signing a wing, a younger guy with some upside. Um, That was one of the things that made Glenn Robinson attractive because the Pistons were and still are since Glenn Robinson is so far at least not worked out. I'll still hold out a small smidgen of hope that maybe he can figure some stuff out, but I'm not <laughs> I'm not holding my breath there, but I'll 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 stay at least a little hopeful. But right, they really need some answers on the wing in the future. So I mean, yeah, I'm I'm not gonna knock the signing I'm not gonna knock signing Lem Robinson too much as opposed to um, you know, a veteran guy like Michael Beasley or a guy I brought up is Dante Cunningham, for instance. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to knock that too hard just because with the Pistons situation, um, they really, really can use a young wing who can give them any sort of minutes going forward in the future. And even if Glenn Robinson doesn't improve at all, it's like, nope, Total, they blew it. He's not it at all. They're not going to keep his contract another year. Um, I'm not, I'm just I'm not going to knock that too hard because at the very least they're do that's the right move for the situation they're in. Um, but that said, yeah, I mean Michael Beasley for the reasons you mentioned, um, he'd be another guy that at the very least he can go and he can do some stuff on his own, and that would help them a lot to just have another guy or two who can go do stuff. You're trying to speak there. Go ahead. I, I just, I just want to say Kuka Hill, Hill has been the main one. I, I mean, I, I'll go, I'll argue with anybody, but I've been the very main in Pistons Twitter who has been all about and going after young players that have been given up on that have upside. I've been the main one. I, I Every time there's one that, that has been brought up, I even mentioned, uh, what's his name, in the offseason to you guys. I don't know. I don't know how much he signed for, what happened with him. But I mentioned his name, like going into Austin, Dante Exum, someone that maybe has a lot of potential that maybe a team wouldn't have paid as much. Well, they wouldn't. Have, the, they they wouldn't have gotten Exum because the, yeah, the Jazz kept him. They actually paid him yeah. pretty well. So yeah, but okay. But my my overall point is, I've been the main one in business Twitter who has been a, pushing for any any young player that has been given up on with huge potential, go get them. That's why I've been such a big fan or like a big person that wants to go get Markel Fultz. So. Just keep that in mind when I say this. I've been the main one that's why. So I agree with Joe's point that if that was why they were going after GR3. I was all for it because I'm, I'm, that's exactly my point. That's exactly what I want. Young players who have potential, go get them because we're not going to be able to go trade for people because we don't have a lot of salary cap. We don't have a lot of assets. But, but, if, if I would have known this was what was going to be the offense, if I if I would have known that there would be literally zero chance for any young player with upside to reach that, if I would have known this was going to be what it was, because in the offseason, ask Joe. My point, the reason, everything I kept falling back to was all this BS that all this good talk that Dwayne Casey was doing. Joe kept telling me, "Well, Kuba, I know, I just I believe this BS talk that Casey was talking." If I would have known that Dwayne Casey's offense would have been atro- so atrocious. I don't. I know. I wouldn't have. I, I wouldn't have wanted any young. But I would have went full. I don't care what anybody said. I would have signed Michael Beasley. I would have wanted to sign Derrick Rose. Does any player that can just go get their own bucket 
who can break down defense. And, like, Michael Beasley can go get his own bucket. That man is a bucket getter. I would have got him if I would have known that literally that's what we're all, all offense. You guys wonder what offense is? I know I'm getting back into that rant. Last thing. Our, you wonder what offense looks like? It rivals what you go and see at, at a pickup game. It, 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 at a pickup game on the street or at Joe Dumars Fieldhouse or, or anywhere. There's a bunch of, oh, go do your own thing. So if I knew that that's where our offense was going to be and we just, this whole ball movement, let's post up that whole thing was a complete and utter lie, just a fib made up, then I would have went after Michael Beasley and I would have won GR3. So yes, Joe, I, would, I, I, I regret the GR3 signing. I don't like the GR3 signing anymore and I would have wanted Michael Beasley strictly because there is no chance for any young player to reach their potential in this system. Oh, 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 wait, 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 wait. Wait, I see Joe looking at me real quick. No, I have to say this, too. I have to say this real quick, too. For all, because I have friends who say this, and my friends, my friends don't happen to know enough about this. And I don't think any, and most people out there just casually watch don't know enough about this. This little, oh, we're doing Casey's team last year was good. They were, they were really good last year. What about last year? You want to know who the head coach of the Raptors is now? Nick Nurse. You want to know why he's the head coach of the, of the Raptors? Because it was his offense that, that took over. Now, if you would have told me that, oh, well, Dwayne Casey's not going to go after. Dwayne Casey's not going to have himself an offensive assistant. You know how you know how Mike D'Antoni had himself of that, what's his name, Sweetney? That defensive guy that yeah. is like the defensive coordinator? Yeah, get, get Dwayne Casey an offensive coordinator. Just just have Dwayne Casey be there and have him be your pastor since he likes to get to people and people like him and he gets people to just play hard for him. Have him just be the pastor and talk good to people and make them feel good. But then have everybody else have a defensive coordinator and an offensive coordinator. Have them just run the, run the basketball, basketball court stuff because this has been god-awful. Once again, but my bigger point was uh, I would have went after Michael Beasley. Okay. If I knew this. All right. I'm I'm glad you I'm glad you got it out. I hope that this was um therapeutic for No, no, it, it wasn't because because like I'm told Cuz Dwayne Casey's not going anywhere. Yes, he's not going nowhere. No, that's like I've told Joe. Oh, no, I told him he asked me to podcast. There's literally I'm sorry for everybody that listens to this, but there's literally nothing that me and Joe can talk about because everything literally every single issue on this team Falls back to the fact that Dwayne Casey's awful, awful head coach with okay. the no system. Okay. So literally, we just felt okay. like a record, a broken record okay. player. That is <laughs> that is a bridge too far. There are well, issues here beyond just Dwayne Casey's inefficiency. He doesn't make him any better. I'll tell you that much. I agree with that. I agree with and you. He there. adds more issues than we have. But. <laughs> Every issue on this team is not stemming from Dwayne Casey's problems. There it may have been that may have been a little too far, but I don't I think he deserves the problem <laughs> Okay. Um I think we're just gonna wrap up there because if, yeah, if we try and leave anything else, we're just gonna we're just gonna <laughs> cool just start ranting again. Um so yeah, uh subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to it, whether on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or whatever. And uh yeah. <laughs> yeah, go pistons everybody. Stay yeah. beautiful and go pistons and hey, at least they won this game. Stay beautiful everybody. Go pistons. <laughs>